We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You've got to have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help. You can get a roadmap. You can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. We, uh, Kenny and I, are going to do a little podcast oh. today, just you and I. Nobody else, no guests. Just you and I. And Is that a song? No, it's not. Well, I was thinking something else. Wow. Anyways. So today, we are talking about playing defense as a landlord. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's times to play offense and there's time to play defense. And I think a lot of people are um, scared. A lot of people are wondering what's happening, what's going on. But today we just wanted to focus on if you own a single family home, if you own, you know, two to four units or you own an apartment building, it doesn't matter. Everybody's, we're all dealing with the same stuff. And we're actually all dealing with the same stuff nationwide, which is sometimes a little differently. But then on top of that, your city, local, county, state, whatever, could have more um, – have tightened the bolt than other places. Like San Francisco has really tightened the bolt. They take in whatever the federal says, and they're going to put like they're – you know, they're going to tighten the bolt more. So what do we mean by playing defense? It means this. This is probably um, not the time where you're going to go and maybe a lot of people aggressively remodeling units and trying to rent raise and try to evict everybody out of their building, your building – I mean, get everybody out of your building and remodel your – this is the time we're talking about you sit back and you look at your property and maybe you're not taking distributions right for a while because you're stacking cash to say, well, everybody's paying now, but are they really going to pay later? Because we, 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 why we're taking defense is if you understand fundamentally what's going on in our country, just the world is that the world has not been working like normal. Like today I was talking to a client. He actually, um, has cattle in the state of California well, he feeds cattle, 5,000 cattle. And he was telling me that I said, how has this affected your business in COVID? Because I, I said, look, I know nothing about this stuff. And he talked about, well, let's not say me, but let me give you a really good example. Is let's say the guy that has um, – Crystal might know more of the terminology since you grew up on a farm and know some farming terms – is the guy over here a that ranch. produces milk. Mm -hmm. There's milk producers, but there's also people that produce a different type of milk where those milk is distributed to schools. Well, guess what, my friends? Nobody's in school right now. Mm -hmm. So he says they're literally dumping milk down a drain because they have nowhere to put it. They can't get rid of it. And their business has plummeted. So we're th that is one story of many stories. I mean, there's people we know that have businesses in other parts of the country that are in the hospitality, like my brothers, that has not been able to operate for six months. There's cruise ships when we drive to our house. I point to Crystal every day. You can look out there in Coronado. They're sitting outside floating and losing money daily, right? So when you add all this stuff up, what that means is there's people are not going on cruise ships. They're not going to school. They're not doing this. That means there's no jobs. And if there's no jobs, that means people aren't earning income. If there's no income, that means people can't pay their bills, right? So if you own property, they might have been paying bills because they're getting like rent money, right? So – how do you run your property knowing that 
you might be getting rents today, you might not be getting them tomorrow for a short period of time, what should you be focusing on? So Crystal, if somebody said, hey, you might not get rents later, what would you focus on? A handful of things, but um, first, uh, I would focus on making the property run as efficiently as possible. So if you can cut cost um, without, you know, bringing the building down, I'm not saying like tell your landscaper not to come anymore, your pest control company to stop coming because those are things that you need in order to operate your building. Um, I'm saying, you know, can you cut your trash bill? Um, maybe you need to shop around for your insurance quotes to get those reduced. Maybe you figure out how to use your utilities more efficiently. If you haven't switched out your, you know, lights and things to LED, maybe now's the time to start thinking about that. Maybe, you know, you think about how to conserve water and reduce your water bill. Like these are the Turn things. your landscape from spray to drip 50% usually yes. less. Yeah. So things like size. that would be the first thing. I would start taking a look at and um, this week I was just asked an interesting question um, on a deal we're doing a loan on and the broker said should I have the owner hand out rent increases and for me personally um, I know some people might be giving out rent increases right now you're mentioning you're listening to a podcast with somebody who actively is giving rent increases my on one of their buildings my personal stance on that is if your building's significantly under rented which hopefully you're on top of your building enough that that's not the case uh, maybe you do give some rent increases but generally speaking if you're uh, at or close to even even a look like mostly at market or close to it I wouldn't be giving rent increases now is not the time to tell people that they need to pay more rent um, it's for me feels a little insensitive and I think if you have a relationship with your tenants where they feel like you are being um, compassionate about the situation that we're all in you're more likely to have somebody who's going to pay their rent um, so I'm personally not planning on handing out any rent increases at our buildings um, I don't think it's a good way to be when people already can't pay their bills um, and you just like for me I don't want to irritate anyone or make a situation like we're in a hard situation as it is I don't want to make it harder so I would not be doing that but um, if to the extent that let's say somebody moves out and you can improve your unit cost effectively and it makes sense I would do that um, so it just depends on how much cash you have too. So if you're sitting on a lot of capital and you're not worried about it, upgrade your units as people move out. If you don't have a lot of capital, preserve it and don't do those upgrades right now. So it, it really depends on the situation that you're in. But, um, now I think that's part of playing the defense, like doing all these little things that you didn't do when life was busy. Um, cause I, regardless of who you are, I think we all have a lot more time, um, at least in the evenings, um, to start looking at things and, assessing your situation we definitely have more time to play with so may as well fill it with things that are going to bring you um, more cash flow yeah and the other thing is is um a lot of people are doing this depending on how large your portfolio is but i've talked to a couple people they're actually going back right now and reviewing every one of their tenants they're reviewing their application they're figuring out what kind of jobs they have do they work in hospitality do they work at restaurants and ones they feel that they're, you know, they're saying, okay, these could be the most impacted. They're actually reaching out. How's it going? Do you have employment? Okay, cool. Just checking in. You know, they just want to know. So they're like, okay, I've looked at my 50 tenants, 10 tenants, four tenants, and they go, okay, 20% could be affected, 80%. Okay, so worst case, I could have 80, you know, I could be down 20%. It's really smart to do that. Um, management companies, I know they might be doing that. I'm not sure they are, but it is something to do so you don't get caught off guard or get, if that's what you need to do. The other thing is a lot of people are doing, is, especially the big guys, is they're not taking distributions right now. They've called investors. 
um, said, hey, we're not going to take it because they really want to get a lot of capital stacked up. So they, some of them have not taken distributions for four or five months, and they're holding it there because is like we if we go into a period where people cannot pay and it goes, you know, how about 50% can't pay and that goes on for a while, you want to have the capital. The worst thing you do is you distribute your money and then you're calling them back saying, hey, I need you to send back money because that could happen. Now, that's funny you mentioned that. Um, I was just talking to our property manager yesterday and – uh, he told me, so we're not taking any distributions. I stopped it back in March mm-hmm. when this whole thing hit. I just said, look, I don't want to be giving, like you said, I don't want to be in a position where I'm having to give you back money. Just hold the distributions. We don't need it to support our lifestyle. That's not the way that we live. Um, so just keep the distributions in case we need it. Um, but if you do, let's cut you off. if you do need it and you need to let it survive, we completely understand. Hopefully you have some liquidity, but you know. Right. Hopefully you do and you're making money at your job and all this. Um, but now we're not splurging. We're not taking those, you know, that cash flow to like, you know, go live, I don't know, fancy or whatever it is that people want to do. So we have our, our accounts, you know, stacking up. Um, and uh, my property manager did say we're the only person who asked for that. So. Um, they manage over 1,600 units here in San That's Diego. Crazy. And not one person has told them to hold the distributions. They're all taking them still. So I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah, that's okay. interesting because yeah. maybe this is going to be a snippet that Monty plays. But um, I'm just thinking because that's crazy that we're the only ones doing that. And that's okay. But um, like I said is when I go out and I get my information from people, um, I'm listening to professionals. I'm listening to people that own, that manage 8,000, that run 8,000 units, 10,000 units, 20,000. You know what I'm saying? This is who I listen to on podcasts. I listen to on interviews. Like that it's very cool because we get this information today. Like you can listen to this podcast. I'm, I get to report back information, you know, and have a conversation with Crystal and say, hey, I was listening to this guy and this guy. And Crystal knows who they are. They're very well respected. They own a billion dollars of real estate. They know what they're doing. And not only are they just making this decision emotionally, they're, they're also looking at the world, the jobs, what's going on. They're talking to tenants and they're talking to tenants or talking to economists. They're talking to probably something like RealPage or Yardy that has software that manages their stuff, that manages millions of units saying, hey, what are you seeing? What are they doing? You know, this is how you get the data back. So this is why we make decisions quickly and we do this because we're in a, we're in a position to do that. But also we just think it's right, like Crystal said, is the worst thing you want to do is you've taken all this and now you guys are giving it back because that's putting yourself in a really stressful, bad position. So if you can do this, that's what we're doing. That's what I would recommend to somebody is having probably, you know, depending on what your distribution is, depending on what your mortgage payment is, whatever. But hopefully you would have, let's say, if your management company requires you to keep, you know, one month reserves or one month payments. I don't know what it is, Crystal. Maybe you would think about having five or six. You might think that's aggressive. But in a time like this, we're living in a crazy time. And so we're kind of planning for the worst and hope for the best. Maybe at some point we never have to use it and we're good. We come out of this and we have a bunch of cash in the bank and we might just use to upgrade the property or whatever. We just take it. It's fine. But right now, that's just what we're going to do. The other thing I was going to talk about was um, – Before you leave that yeah. subject, I, I was going to say just from a financing aspect because obviously rates are pretty good right now. And so there are some people whose loans are coming due and are needing to refinance and things. Um, so a consideration now is uh, – you know, lenders are a little bit more strict 
uh, right now. And it may not be as easy or as readily available as it was. But uh, one thing that I know for our particular situation is that we have an interest-only loan. So that has been super helpful in preserving the cash flow because we're getting all that extra cash that would have gone towards principal. Um, We're actually having that in our bank account. And that's allowing us to build up our reserve much more than if we had the P&I payment. we were already at a relatively low LTV or conservative LTV when we bought the property. So it makes all the sense uh, to do interest only. And I preach this to people all the time. But in times like this, even the broker that sold us the property said, wow. Smart move. Yeah. He, he wasn't necessarily all about doing interest only. And now he's like, wow, you guys are probably glad you got that interest only. And, and truthfully, I am glad because it's not about being able to take that cash and spend it. It's about being able to preserve it and put it back into the building if we need to or to have it four times like this. We didn't know this was going to happen, but now our account's building up very quickly and it's going to be a lot easier for us to weather the storm because we have that extra cash every month coming off the property that's not being paid down towards principal. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. And I think the other thing is is that um, it's hard, I think, right now is because things have not affected the multifamily that bad. And I think, you know, another thing you well, I was going to mention to Crystal is, is that, you know, people also have to understand if you're refinancing right now, right. Um, you could be required to put six months into a reserve and stuff like that. Right. So if you're doing a rate and term, you don't have the equity, you might have to come in with money. You could right. if you fund that. It's not as common right now, thankfully, like a lot of our lenders aren't requiring but, it, but, but some are. remember lending will change like the wind. So if the environment goes, hey, we're paying, and all of a sudden in three months from now, we start going, hearing this, oh, my gosh, my collections were at 95, now they're at 90, now they're at 80 and 70, you bet this will com- Crystal will be getting emails like, hey, we're changing everything completely overnight. So I, my best guess is if things um, – if people have trouble paying rent, which I think we're going to have – I think we're going to go through a little crunch. That's just my opinion. And look, I hope I'm wrong. So I think Crystal, her lending is good now, but I think in months and months, the next six months or so, depending on, you know, the political and what we do, I think people are not saying here, but in other places, parts of the country, they might be struggling. And so if you take if you have a Fannie Freddie debt, they might just go, hey, we're having too much contrail over. This is it across the board. I think it might come. So I think you need to prepare yourself like even if you're going to do financing, they might go back to saying, we want a year, we want six months. And a lot of people don't like that, but that could be the environment. They're offering a great rate and great term, but they might have this caveat there. I don't know. I don't know your thoughts are, but that's just kind of like what I think prediction. Well, uh, a lot of it, I think will be predicated upon the stimulus, um, how much money people are getting, because that's obviously going to contribute to whether or not they can pay their rent, which it all trickles downhill, right? So if they can't pay their bills, they don't pay us, we can't pay our bills. You know, people start getting more forbearance, uh, the lenders start getting more requests for forbearance and all of that. So, and certainly, I mean, it changed overnight when the whole country shut down in March, um, so we could go through a second little wave. Uh, we've kind of had our ears perked about that and talking to all of our lenders to see what they're doing, um, or what they're even thinking of doing. But a lot of lenders are kind of on the, the defense as well. So they're definitely being more picky at looking at things like liquidity. For example, I had a guy who, um, had significant, um, cash in his retirement account, but not a ton of liquidity buying an apartment building today and um, the lenders passed on it. Generally speaking, we would use 50% of that retirement income, which was completely sufficient, no problem. 
uh, would have satisfied. Seven figures, I think, it was in there, right? Yeah. So, um, and they didn't take it. They didn't accept it. So, uh, the, one of the comments too that you need to know if you're a smaller apartment owner is one of the comments that we're getting from a lot of our lenders is that they are being more picky with the onesie twosie apartment owners because those are the owners that are calling and asking for forbearance. So, not the bigger apartment owners. The bigger apartment owners know this game. They've been doing it for a long time. They have several properties that they're operating, generally speaking, not to say that there aren't some owners that are really reckless or, you know, more risky. Um, but that being said, more of the professional operators are not calling and getting forbearance. So um, that is something to consider because most of us are what lenders would consider small apartment owners. So we really have to watch too our liquidity or watch our reserves really operate our buildings as efficiently and clean as possible with the given the current environment. So those are things to consider. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is on the forbearance, a lot of people jump the gun and there's, you know, there's people publicly that came out. I know there's one guy that gave right off the bat said, Oh, I'm going to give my tenants three months rent for free and I'm going to do forbearance. He, I don't even know if he needed to do that, but the problem is, is that why would you do that when people are paying? Like there is a forbearance option. You bet. Like if things get really bad, that's when you're supposed to use it. So the defense could be the worst case scenario is, yeah, like Crystal says, is if it gets really bad, you might, you're kind of in this, like you might have to call your bank and your trash company and all that and say, look, nobody's paying me rent. I need forbearance on this, 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 and this, you know, and they'll probably work with you just like people are not paying credit card payments, car payments, um, SDG&E payments, um, cable, like TV pay payments, everything. Some people are paying zero payments on anything right now. And they're still getting stimulus. Well, and you know, in the beginning, um, when this all happened initially, we were talking about whether or not the lenders were going to hold it against you. And from what everybody said in the beginning, it was absolutely not, absolutely not, absolutely not. And we were like, well, I, I'm not so sure I believe that. We called everybody. They all said that. But the truth of the matter is, is once the dust settled, because everything happened so quickly, they did kind of hold it against you. Like if you get a forbearance with a Fannie Freddie, if you have an agency loan, you can't refinance for a period of time. They were, their standard was really tough because they just they really wanted you to do it if you only only, only if you it. needed it. And but some people just jumped right into and did it without right, even like waiting. But if you waiting. did it, if you did it, then you were locked out of being able to refinance or being able to get distributions or being able to evict your tenants. So basically, you let the lender have control of your property and have say over what you're allowed to do with your property, which is not a position that any owner wants to be in. Uh, lenders should stay in the lending business, not in the operating property business. Yeah. So um, they did hold it against you. And even in the residential side, you can speak to this, but I, I heard stories, or you in the office with people who even just inquired about forbearance where lenders were then having questions for you. Yeah, no, some lenders, uh, with when we had the uh, credit guy on, um, and then I saw it, some people would call and go, hey, just in case I lose my job, because their, you know, their employer might have said, hey, if things don't turn around, we're gonna have to let you go. How does it work? They just inquired and they put something in the computer and it hit their they put a credit note. saying they're in forbearance. And the guy's like, what are you talking? So I'd come here. I know I'm not. I'm like, it says here, Kenny, I've been making my payments. I call and ask. One of my clients, it was on their credit as Sam, the credit guy said, if you remember that, Monty, like I was like, are you kidding me? So I, I everybody's in freak out mode. But I think the point is, is like the forbearance is if you need it, that is a defense. But a lot of people jump the gun on it. And I think. If they have to go back to the lender again, it's like it's just not good. So well, 100%. again, you really need to think about that because my whole point to that was is that they all said that they weren't going to judge you based on getting a forbearance because did. this was unprecedented and you know the whole world's in it, which is absolutely true. But 
what they exa- exactly what they said wouldn't happen is exactly what happened. Now they're looking at you and they're saying, well, we need to protect ourselves. And you're, here you are even just scared that you can't operate your property. You called us and asked this question. And now we don't know if we want to lend to you because we're not sure. If, I mean, if you're not sure you're going to make it, I'm definitely not sure you're going to make it. So we don't want to lend to you. Yep. And that's exactly what's If you're what's in forbearance happening. with uh, Fannie and Freddie uh, with, with me, you cannot get a loan until you catch up. If they put it to the back loan, it's fine, but you have to be current, like start making payments. And there's not too many loan, uh, lenders that are tacking it on the back. Right. No, but I have there's heard a some. Yeah. And then the other thing is with some of ours, um, one of the lenders I love to go to, they want six months payments. And I'm like, what? And one of them's like, just, just, you're up, you're one, you're go, let's go. And they're just being very conservative. And you know, the reason why I realized this is they told me the other day is, that lender closed 90,000 loans last month. They want six months payments. What are you talking about? And reserves? No, they want to see that you made six from when you stopped paying it, six months payments before they will consider giving you a loan. Uh-huh. There's okay. other lenders that will say, you make one month payment or you're just current, we're good. But they want six months. But it doesn't matter if you go, oh. Well, and this is the thing that you have to me, think about. Me so let's say you went three behind, then you just said, oh, I saved the money and I caught up. That doesn't count. So there's one. So you've got six months from that point. That's just the catch up. Well, and you have to think about it from their perspective. Well, let because me tell you why. You, they have a track record. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is I just found out yesterday. They said, Kenny, when we go sell a billion dollars of Fannie or Freddie, because they were telling me their ratio. So they were telling me their ratio to basically the forbearance or foreclosure, or whatever. That like their next competitor is everybody knows who it is. It's like Rocket Mortgage or somebody. When they sell a billion, they're at eight point something. When they sell a billion, they're under three. So we percent get, in foreclosure yes, or forbearance. Yes, forbearance. So he says we get when we sell, we they is pay that us. just foreclosure or just forbearance? It's the whole like okay, the everything. Whole, yeah, it's okay. like so anybody who's in default basically they, they perform better than this. Yeah, they're, they're like double double if not more right they perform 50 percent better or whatever that is and what's good about that is that since they're so low they get to make exceptions too so maybe one lender can't do something they can do it because they have such a great but track the other record. thing is this exactly they have an amazing relationship and when they sell they get they get paid more money because it's like crystal if i'm going to give you something and you're like it's 10 percent here or three percent you're going to go well i'll buy the three percent but it's going to cost you more you're like yeah but it's three percent compared to ten percent it's the safer bet exactly so that's what happens so just like Crystal says, when you go back to lender, like you asked for forbearance, you didn't need it, now you do this, they're going to look at you and be like, well, when I got t- 100 loans over here that are great and you guys are coming in, they might start going, ah, I don't want to do it. You, you're, this is a better bet than you. And I always tell people, in when times are good, that's when you start getting judged. Right now they're like, oh, we forget. But when times get better, they're going to look back and be like, well, I'm just telling you right now, I don't care what any bank anybody says. That's just kind of how it goes. That's just my complete opinion. Well, and it's already happening now, I think. I think yeah. now that everybody's kind of used to this new normal that we're living in, um, lenders are having to be more on the defense and protect themselves. Just like as landlords, you need to be on the defense and protect yourself. So um, I, I think it's everybody for themselves, and that's just the way of the world. So Yeah, and the one thing we didn't go into on this is – the defense against your tenant, you know, about the about not paying. And we're not going to go into it, but if you go back, what I would tell you is go back and listen to our podcast webinar with Kimball Tyree, Wendy, 
because she goes into detail on what to do, not to do. Um, obviously, I think when things change, we will go and have her back on to do something when we get more change or what's going on because I feel like nothing's changed yet. The courts aren't open. I think they just extended the Ex- – um, Exactly. So what do you do with your tenants? Like Crystal said is this isn't the time – on the, the offense is this is the time where we're in a normal world where you can be like, no, pay your rent. No, I'm going to give you three days. No, I'm, I'm going to get you out. You know, This isn't the time to be a jerk basically. This is the time is unfortunately you might not want to hear this, but you have to have compassion because being an asshole or a jerk isn't going to help. So you have to have compassion. Yes, you can serve them the paperwork. You can do all this stuff because you're keeping your file in order, but there's nothing you can do. The courts aren't open, so you have to sit there. I mean, uh, I've, I talked to a guy yesterday that's buying a four unit. He said there's somebody sitting in his property for five months, hasn't paid rent. His thing was I'm writing in the contract. Cool. He's spo- he, the guy's apparently just going to leave the unit. Right, and the owners are going to forgive him of the rent. He says, "Well, I'm not going to buy the building, so I'm going to go on. Con- he's on the eighth. I'm going to go on the contract on the tenth. And if he's out, I'll buy the building. If not, I don't want to inherit this mess because basically, it's like I'm going to have to deal with this. Well, guy. you know that they're probably going to be in there for a minimum of six months without paying rent. Yeah, and the last thing I'm going to say about that is, in my opinion, based on talking to Wendy, and this has got extended out. Even when Wendy said if things were to open and get better, probably an earlier date than we all thought, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we didn't – remember, when we talked to Wendy, we were just in the first tranche of this. We didn't – now we're dealing with, oh, here's a second wave and closures and stuff. We weren't even talking about if there's a second wave. We thought, oh, maybe we'll come out of this and everything will be great. Well, everything's not great because we're going back into – more cases, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. We're just dealing with – More a, shutdowns. More basically. shutdown in a problematic economy. She was saying is, okay, let's say the court's open, you have eviction. When do you think when do you think somebody's gonna get out? And she was saying first quarter of next year. So in my mind, if I sit here and Crystal and I have a conversation, I would say, Crystal, let's just be honest, anybody that's in eviction or not gonna pay, they might be sitting in here till this time next year. And you might go, yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I can sit there and argue about it, or I can just move on and go, it is what it is, because what is sitting here arguing about somebody not paying rent? Maybe they'll get a guilty conscience. And get out. Maybe they'll do the right thing and pay. Maybe they'll go get a job within the time or get rehired back and be able to pay. I don't know. And then, and the last thing I'm gonna say is, I'm hearing people going, "Oh, I'm letting them go twenty thousand the hole. They're gonna catch up." Somebody making forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year, and you think they're gonna pay back twenty grand? I'm sorry, unless they inherit money from grandma or they hit a windfall or they're the nicest person on this planet. Um, I don't think they are. I think you're dreaming. I think you're screwed. And like Crystal, when I talked about it, she's like, that money's gone. It's lost. Move on. That's how Consider I get it. Consider it a gift. Because that's, and I was <laughs> telling this to a client today. I said, it's like when see people call me to do a loan and they make $65,000 a year and they have $20,000 of credit card debt. And I go, do you want to wrap in a loan? No, I'm going to pay this off. And I'm like, but you never can make more money than 65. No. How long have you had this credit card debt? Well, it's been around for about five years and you're paying 15%. Why would you just not wrap it and pay it off and pay it to people? Well, I'm, it's going to take me 30 years to pay it off. Well, you've been five years. You haven't moved the needle, and you keep actually racking it up. What I'm saying is is that some people are in sales. They can make 100 grand a year, and they can make a million bucks a year. Right? Those people can pay things off quickly. If you make 65 and you're trying to pay back a credit card 20 grand or crystal 20 grand, it's slim to none. And the defense is, is like just I would say – it's over. You're not going to get the money. I just don't think people are going to get Okay, the defense is that, because um, I just had this conversation with our property manager yesterday, I have a one tenant in our whole portfolio who is not paying rent. 
what do you do about that person? Um, well, you try to kind of do this on your own and cash for keys, help them to get out. And, you know, I, I've had this conversation with a client as well as like you risk, you run the risk of running to someone else who's not going to pay. Uh, that's sort of true. Um, hopefully everyone's screening tenants or applicants before they move what them the job in is, yep. and you have the power to kind of take a look at where their income is coming from and things like that. And that's not a hundred percent safeguard. Nothing is. Um, but if you are properly screening your tenants, I think that there's a good way f- for you to at least help against the chances of this happening. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, some tenants, my clients are having this argument with themselves like, well, I think I'm just going to let this guy stay because I'm going to do all this work and then move him out and somebody else is going to move in and not pay. Uh, I don't think that's a good outlook to have. I would absolutely get that person out and get a new person in there, screen them properly and uh, try to get a good paying tenant in your unit. I mean, uh, why take the gamble? It's like instead of gambling, you give up. No, you do what it takes and put your best foot forward and change your situation. Yeah. And I would say this, uh, that's a good point, Crystal. So if you do have somebody move out or moving in, you know, us, for example, when we get a loan, we verify employment, right? So a lot of people now, when it comes to employment, they're really looking at employment. And what you could do is maybe you're not used to verifying it or going deeper. Maybe you can go, cool. I want you to get a verification employment filled out. Right. And one of the questions on there is, uh, what's the likelihood of, you know, you continue, you can call the employer back and say, Hey, look, unfortunately I'll do this, but I see, you know, Joe works at this job. Are we good? How's the thing? Is the likelihood good? You know, dive a little deeper, spend a little more time to investigate, to make sure this person has a solid job. Talk to their manager, their boss. How's, how's work? What are they doing? You know, maybe spend a little time on the internet. Is their business doing well? Are they making money? Do you think they're going to have a job? I mean, you could do a little bit more legwork, like Crystal said, and maybe that can help you from getting somebody that's going to pay the not. And if you're a owner operator, I'm never a f- uh, one to promote someone self managing um, their buildings. But if you are an owner operator, and we know so many clients who do this, like, well, I met him, and I just get a good feeling from people. I'm more of like do a deal on a handshake. It's like, okay, well, that's that's like weird. That's like saying. I feel sick today, but I'm not going to go to the doctor in case he tells me that I'm going to die. Um, the same goes with screening tenants. Nowadays, you can, I think Experian has their own landlord credit option where you can go sign up for an account. The people can pay directly for their own credit report. You don't even have to collect a fee, um, for a check from them or anything. They just go, they accept, they run their credit. It sends the report to you and you can review their credit report with their application. So there is really no reason that you can't make a call, verify employment, and now get a credit report very easily. It used to be a lot more difficult to have access to running credit reports. Make sure they're paying their bills. They're paying their car bill, their credit card. If not, there's a red flag. You need to know because the way people pay their bills is a good sign of how they're going to pay you your rent. So I know that if, you know, you meet somebody and you get a really good feeling about them and they're nice and you want to rent to them, that's great, but you're really putting yourself at risk. So um, I'd say do the work. It's so easy now with technology um, if you're an owner operator to do the homework. And I have heard so many so many stories of that backfiring on people. It's just silly to move somebody into your building, especially in a state like California where getting people out of your unit is difficult. And then now more than ever, if we're, we're living in these times, people that operated like that, unfortunately, those are probably the people who aren't hitting 95 plus percent collections because they did everything on a handshake and they didn't do paperwork. And some of them don't even have leases. It's just 
wild. But those are probably the people who are not doing as well as the people like us who have professional management. We properly screen tenants before they move in. You really have to treat this like a business more than ever. And that's that's probably a good way to end it is like this is a business and that's the way also is treated like a business. That's a good defense. And that means, look, to wrap this up and go back as we covered, let's talk about tenants. Screen your tenants. Look at the credit. Look at the background history. Call the previous person where they're at. Be like, hey, no BS. Were they paying or not? Right. Um, I don't, you know. And then also is, uh, you know, if you want to make sure a tenant paid, I'm. Sh- I don't know if you can ask, but in my business, it's like they're right now saying, oh, I own rental properties. Cool, Kenny. We want to see either more reserves or we want to see that they've been paying you. We want three months canceled checks that your tenants have been paying you. So why can't you go to that tenant and say, hey, Joe, hate to do this, but. I just needed proof for the last three months' payments that you made to your Honestly, landlord. Honestly, the, the tenant should be able to to prove that to you like with that, bank statements. Like that. If there's yeah. defensiveness, they get pushback, that's a red flag. The other thing, like Crystal said, is cut your expenses your property, um, be nice to tenants, and save your cash. And you know, those are the basic things of being defensive on this. Doing rent raises and maybe spending excess money you don't have or things you don't need to do now and push those off down the road. Um, it's something you should do too. So if you guys have questions, um, anything we can help out with that, like I said, is we're kind of all in this together. We're just sharing our thoughts from people we're hearing. And also we do talk to clients on a daily basis and some of the stuff they're doing or feedback we get. So that's being defense by owning apartments. And we're out. Bye. Have a good day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.